On this episode of the BCT Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network, we start off the program by talking about the Cam Newton signing with the Patriots, what that means for the team, and how that will affect the offense going forward. Then we hop on to the other side of lengthy NFL contracts. We get into the Patrick Mahomes signing. Yes, he's become a half a billion dollar man, the highest paid athlete ever. So, some good topics there to start off the show. Then we get into some video game reviews. Thank you for DMing us on quick.takes on Instagram. Those are some good uh, contributions. We'll talk about that. Then we get into some key role players we would like to see on uh, the Red Sox, the Celtics, and the Patriots. So you can also go back in time on that one. There's some good ones here. I think mine was pretty good and Bill's was pretty good. Taylor, I think, might need some work on his. But anyways... That is the topics for this week's BCT Sports Podcast, so buckle up. Here we go. Right. Welcome back to another episode of BCT Sports. I'm joined by Taylor Chamberlain and Bill Hayden with another great episode chock full of topics here. I want to get into the most recent Patriot signing, which is one Cam Newton. Yes, he found his way onto Bill Belichick's domain. He's got a very team-friendly contract, which I like. Uh, Taylor, what do you think of the signing? Off the bat, like I think you can chalk it up as a win now. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how it goes. He could be awful and he doesn't even end up playing more than like three or four games and it's still a win because you got him on such cheap money that you're basically paying a guy less than the guy you were going to have who started, who has twice the potential at this point. Mm. So regardless of how this goes in terms of performance, it's a win. You got him on, on a dirt cheap deal. All right. So Cam Newton's deal is a high reward, low risk deal. It, it's all incentive based. Um, Cam's got a chip on his shoulder. The, the Panthers kind of disrespected him in his last season and he wants money. So, and especially since um, no one in the market really wanted him, he was basically the last major quarterback left. So um, I think Cam will want to get better. I think he'll want to make a name for himself, considering he is known for his Super Bowl debacle and not jumping on the ball. And uh, hopefully he'll be successful in New England. Yeah, I think definitely with his whole um, videos that he's been putting out there, kind of pumping his own brand, I think that's paid a lot of dividends and getting him onto an NFL roster again. Um, from another standpoint, I think Cam Newton, he was actually in talks with the Patriots and Bill Belichick in particular for a very long time, even before this signing. This is per source of uh, Chris Gasper. I was listening, I was hearing uh, him today on the radio, and he was saying that uh, Bill Belichick was at least in conversation with him for a good two months before the signing. So Belichick had him in his back pocket. Now he was only going to sign Cam Newton on his own terms, right? And so other teams obviously. I don't know why the Bears didn't sign him, but all those other teams that gave weird contracts out to QBs uh, wanted to stay away from Cam Newton. But Belichick, of course, he loves um, uh, a steady QB that's on a team-friendly contract. He's made a career off of it. So I I think the Cam Newton signing is good. Now, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, we have Patrick Mahomes, who literally rolled in the Brinks truck to his house when he signed uh, that mega contract. Uh, Taylor, can you walk us through that? Yeah, so the Pat Mahomes contract was obviously the 
if you haven't heard, the largest contract in sports history, regardless mm-hmm. of sport, which is insane to think about because it's a football contract. And football contracts, when you look at them, usually kind of pale in comparison to baseball and even basketball now. But it's $503 million, I want to say, is the total value of the contract. If it, if yeah, that's – that's like if all the incentives hits, it's five hundred and three million. Yes. Over ten years, it's actually like a twelve-year contract, basically, because he got two more on his current deal, and then he's got ten after that. Mm-hmm. So he's a Kansas City Chief until I think it's like twenty thirty-one, and that is not good news for the Patriots because you now have the best quarterback in all of football for what looks like the foreseeable future sitting in the AFC, and there's no chance he leaves. So my immediate thoughts when seeing this deal was no quarterback's going to go with a 10-year deal. Like, they're not going to make it through. Um, In really any sport you see, about year six, year seven, year eight, that's when either turmoil within the team or just for personal reasons they kind of want out. So I'm probably seeing Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs six to nine more years. What are your guys' thoughts on that? So the money aspect of it, I think he's worth that money. It's the year aspect that you just hinted to in that, um, in that take that really scares me. Um, you got Andy Reid at the helm right now, who is about one rack of ribs away from uh, a 10-month hospital uh, visit. He also, like, if you sink big money into any position in the uh, NFL, it really hinders the whole team, right? I mean, that's why the Patriots dynasty was so successful is because Tom Brady would take pay cuts and he'd build his brand outside of football. Now, Patrick Mahomes hasn't built a nearly as big a brand as Tom Brady, and they, he cashed in on this huge contract right now. So, that, so now Kansas City Chiefs are going to be trying to operate a team with one hand tied behind their back, which is silly to me when they, it showed like if you want sustained greatness and you want a dynasty, you're going to have to take pay cuts, right? It's been, it's showed why the Patriots have done that. And why it, it, that's why the Patriots have been so successful recently. Now, if you want to say like Russell Wilson and uh, the Seahawks have been great for a sustained long t- period of times and they paid Russell Wilson, he's, he's an anomaly, right? He is such a phenomenal player and can operate in so many different levels and can take a beating while doing so that he's, he's, it's, it's a different story with him. So yeah, looking at the top, the top 10 paid quarterbacks right now, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Tannehill, Goff, Prescott, Garoppolo, Bridgewater, Roethlisberger. Think about that. No success there other than Russell Wilson. There's one issue with what you're saying, Cole, and it's the fact that this is kind of the nitty-gritty details of the contract. The way that he structured his contract, like the majority of the money is coming in signing bonuses, which does not count against your cap. They have insane cap flexibility. Moving forward. So the way they structured that, he did it in a way that was a little bit less convenient for him, but is going to help them out a lot more in the in, in the long term. They're I, going I to realize that it's a lot of it is um, signing bonuses and whatnot, but if you even go further than that, he's still going to be the highest paid QB in the NFL. Oh, he will. And, but I think and the so other thing- like, I think what Bill just mentioned there, um, all those QBs that have just been overly paid right there, they, it's those teams have just kind of floundered and haven't really sustained them and they success. Can't do anything. Yeah, but the difference—the difference between that and what's going on here—is that a lot of those quarterbacks, the reason why they're they're that highly paid is because they hit free agency, and teams that were desperate for a quarterback went out and overpaid. So when I look at it from the Chiefs' perspective, I, I like what they did. I like what they did because they took 
This has never happened before. Nothing like this has ever been. This is unprecedented, the move they just made. They took a quarterback that's coming off an MVP season, his second year in the league, or second year really starting in the league, and they gave him a contract to lock him up long term. Because when you look at the way the contracts are trending within the NFL, they're only increasing in value. So you think about it. You keep Mahomes now and then risk possibly losing him in the future. You pay him whatever he's due and you get that cap flexibility while he's still open to it. Or you risk losing him in, say, five, six years. And, yeah, maybe the back four years of this are kind of an issue. But you, you risk losing him after that and then go overpay somebody else because you've got to think about it. When he leaves, they're going to have to go get a quarterback. And unless they hit again on Pat Mahomes, which is not going to happen a second time in a row in the draft, like they'd have to go out and overpay a free agent quarterback anyways. So I'd rather overpay the best quarterback in the league as opposed to overpaying the 10th best. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I partially agree with that. So you definitely need to lock him up. Um, even if you do have to overpay, but not for 10 years. I think 10 years is ridiculous. And of those like nine, three, three, three of those nine quarterbacks I just named were signed in free agency. The other six were given extensions. So I feel like Mahomes should be at the top, but still within that range. And, and I know Taylor just mentioned his age and he is young at 23, but still with a single organization for that long period of time, that's pretty nuts. And also I, I think Andy Reid's got about another two years left in him as a, a predominant uh, NFL head coach before he, he just kind of takes a bow out because he's an older guy. But how, how attractive has that coaching position now just became? Because you, have, you now have the number one quarterback in the league locked up for the long term and you don't have to worry about that. Every, quarter, every coaching position that ever opens up, the issue is always the quarterback. There's n- almost always. I mean, there's, oh, there's situations that, that appear where you're, where you're in a better position. I mean, you yeah, might that's true with McDaniels. Yeah. But you look at it right now, like he's here for the foreseeable future. You know when you take the Chiefs head coach job, you have, Pat Mahomes comes with that. And now going back to what you were saying, Bill, I, I love, he's not 23, he's 24. But – yeah, I think the fine. difference is maybe they didn't. Maybe they got extensions, and maybe it was it, that like that was the case. They didn't hit for agency, but they're getting these extensions at the end of their contracts when they're later in their careers. These guys aren't getting extensions. I don't think any of them got extensions at like twenty four. So when you look at ten years, they're they're just paying him more up front because if they could let him play out that contract and give him the extension later on, but they basically just said no. Like we're gonna we're gonna give you the money now, which how much of a confidence boost is that for a guy like Pat Mahomes to say like okay, I just went and won you a Super Bowl. And I got the best, like biggest contract of all time. He's going to be pulling guys to Kansas City like like it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. It's going to attract agents. It's going to attract coaches. Kansas City just made the best move they've ever made. I think. Let's hope they stay hungry and that a coach can succeed Andy Reid because we, as we know, there's not a lot of intellect among the NFL coaches. That's very true. All right, hopping into our next topic here. Bill is mad. MLS is back, but he is mad. Bill, can you explain? So far. The tournament has not gone well. Two of the 26 teams, I know that's not a lot, it's only 113th, have dropped out of the tournament because of coronavirus. Now, I thought that this bubble was supposed to be secure, but uh, FC Dallas and Nashville, which is a new market, a new team that people are hungry to see, has also dropped out because of coronavirus cases. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a couple games delayed that did not start on time. In addition, the two games that have played haven't been very good. Uh, as, as a diehard Revolution fan, not accessible at all to watch. I, had, I couldn't watch on television. Luckily, the next one is broadcasted. But MLS is doing a very poor job having di- these games distributed, especially in a time when there are not a lot of games going on and you can build up your soccer audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the quality of play just hasn't been good. Both games ended in, in one nothing games. Um, 
with announcers that I did not think were very entertaining. So MLS, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, from a logistics standpoint, it's probably hard to get enough cameras and enough crew in there to broadcast all the games. Um, but it, it's 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 sad to see that a league that has vastly struggled to sustain an audience or even gather an audience for that matter is doing no favors for themselves, right? Um, I know that I, I heard last night my dad said uh, MLS is back, but he couldn't find the game at all. That's how desperate my dad is and our family is for sports, is that he was wagering his night in trying to watch some MLS soccer. How many MLS soccer games has he watched prior to that? Zero. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think the biggest thing is he's like, I don't know how to watch it. And if I don't know how to watch something, if I go through the sports channels on my on my uh, my cable and there's and it's not on there, I'm not looking for it, or unless it pops up in my face. I think the MLS missed a huge opportunity to partner with somebody like I don't know, like YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or somebody where you just like throw it at the top of a feed, get young people who are going by to just pop it on. I mean, or I'm even sure, Disney Plus, just put it on yeah, Disney like, Plus. Exactly. Like put it any Netflix where it's taking place in Disney right. mm -hmm. and then advertise where it is. I mean, you could make all these games exclusive to one place and I'm sure somebody would pony up the money to buy it because with it being like the first major U S sport to come back, you have two or three good weeks right here of like decent ratings if you put it out there. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's not even on like local channels, that is, that's very surprising, but it's also very disappointing because it's just, you're missing an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, moving into our next topic here. The Red Sox have had their scrimmages. They had one yesterday and one today. And uh, Veritek was behind the plate. He was doing some umpire uh, duties there, and he was sweating a lot. Uh, that was my big takeaway from the game. Now we're going to have an intervention because uh, Taylor has watched both games. And if you're watching uh, Red Sox inter-scrimmage games, you have a problem. Not my proudest moment. However, I will say the reasons I'm watching these games are because I want to see how the pitching staff actually looks. No, good. Because, well, it's twofold. Because I look at Haim Bloom and the additions he made, and they were very minimal, and a lot of the names you don't know. But the only way to really understand if this guy is doing what he said he was going to do is to watch these guys live, and this is the first taste you get with them. So it's been really for the arms. And I, got, I can't lie, I am not impressed so far. A lot of the names he brought in are getting shelled. Mm -hmm. by the Red Sox offense, which is split between two teams. You're not even looking at their total lineup. So, granted, it's, it's, it's guys coming off long breaks. They might, they're not back up to speed. I'm not going to really judge anybody yet. But, like, Martin Perez was on the mound today, and my God, he looks awful. Mm. Awful. Cannot find the zone. Nothing moves. It's, it's, it's so bad. He has one good little pitch that they're raving about. It's, it, he's got a cutter that he added that's okay. Mm. But, like – I was watching a Rays thing the other day, just on one of the social media channels where they were showing their pitchers and the guys that High and Bloom brought in, and they're all nasty. Everything moves is a million miles an hour, and it all moves like crazy. They were doing this huge breakdown on MLB Network about the Rays pitchers, and I got me excited because I'm like, all right, High and Bloom came from there. He brought these guys in. I go watch the Red Sox scrimmage. It looks like they have a bunch of AAA pitchers on the mound just throwing 88 and getting clobbered all over the field. Bill, so, can you name three uh, Red Sox starting pitching players? Oh, I can. It, it's very, very poor, so – Sales obviously hurt, so we're going to discount him. Uh, Rodriguez, also. He's out. He's out. Uh, Evaldi, Perez, and then I heard Brian Johnson's going to come back. Yes. Um, Dude. Um, but, Taylor, quick quick thought on, on your your take of the race pitching. I think Bloom needs more time. Uh, the Red Sox manage, management uh, 
kind of screwed him over at the start saying they need to cut down salary. So he didn't have a lot of choices and he didn't have a lot, a lot of re- leveraging power. So give him time to get his deals underway. This, this is kind of like a gimme year. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I will say though, is with everything going on, I think he, it, this off season coming up, not, not the one that just went by, but the one coming up and the trade deadline coming up, I think feed into him like his favor so well, because with teams now kind of losing some money and not looking to pay a lot of those contracts, value on guys is going to come down and he might be able to grab a couple people on some low deals that he likes and other people might not that could work into his favor because his his whole thing is getting guys on good contracts that are going to contribute in some way or another finding one thing that he can hone in on and find something to do great and kind of elevate that so he's I think the exact opposite of Dombrowski yep yeah so Dombrowski <laughs> went out and grabbed the absolute obvious talent and just paid whatever it, it took he, he's gonna money ball his way there do you think you could have done Dombrowski's job because I think I could have Oh, very easily. You had, you had a blank check, and you just, they just said, okay, give up the entire farm system for Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Not hard. It's not hard at all. He got Imagine him a championship, too. You, you negotiate essentially, with essentially bully the bad teams who have the one good closer or player and get them for an excessive contract because they're just, we're paying high. Think about the Chris Sale negotiations. We gave up the number one prospect in baseball and another top 20 prospect in baseball, Michael Kopech. He probably could have gotten him just for the number one prospect in baseball and everything else they gave him. He gave him like three or four of our top ten prospects. He went into the Chicago White Sox. They probably asked for Moncada, and he was like, I'll give you three And more. those guys are starting to pan out. Yep, yep. <laughs> and also think about Kimbrell, too. Yeah, Kimbrell was – I don't hate the Kimbrell. Kimbrell was – the guys who he sent over were not that great, so it's okay. But uh... – Who'd we get from the Twins? The reliever? Why can't I think of them? Who was just absolutely terrible. He was played for half the season. Was it Thornburg? Thornburg was terrible. Thornburg was the Brewers, but okay. I'm trying right, to let's, think. Let's move on the conversation, right, but I'm going to research his name right now, and I'm going to tell you in a minute. All right, uh, next topic here. We had Celtics are in the bubble. Uh, they had their first practice today. Uh, that is uh, July 10th, 2020. Not much to mention here other than the living conditions have been under scrutiny from the NBA players inside. So um, the food has been lackluster. The rooms apparently aren't big enough for them. And uh, they're still getting paid millions of dollars. So my sympathy is still not there for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think it's just going to blow over. I think it was one of those things where like one guy complained about it and then the rest hopped on the bandwagon because you figure if you get about enough voices, they might try and try and up the conditions or do well, something about it. Well, you know what's ridiculous is, is that J.R. Smith came out and said that uh, all these conditions are terrible, you know. He's been on the roster for like a minute, you know. He's had a cup of coffee with the, with the Lakers here, and he's already found a, a point of contention with the NBA, and he already got fined too, which is hilarious. What, what's crazier too is like when you look at all this, this bubble stuff going on, it's just what's going to happen when people start getting annoyed and leaving the bubble. Because as mm. of right now, they're kind of like still under watch and like Smith's getting fined and stuff. Like the MLB news came out today that if, if the Blue Jays leave the stadium or the hotel attached to the stadium where they're staying, $750,000 fine and jail time. Yeah, I saw that. That was so like, strange. It, also, it's it's going to be crazy to see how the NBA handles this because when you just when you look at what already happened, when one inconvenience happened and everybody was outraged, mm-hmm. imagine if somebody leaves and gets arrested and sent to jail for it. Like it's going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, you look at these rosters here for um, 
for the NBA. There's, there's a lot of guys with a lot of attitude, and there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Also, in other Blue Jays news, um, they're going to be having a scrimmage against the Red Sox pretty recent, uh, pretty close, I believe. I don't know what the day is. But 20th, are, I think. Yep. I mark so, my calendar. I'm looking forward to a, to a game where it's not the Red Sox versus the Red Sox. Well, yeah, now you can look forward to the Red Sox versus the Blue Jays, to which you'll get a heavy handful of that uh, in about a month's time, too, because we'll be playing them basically every other day. Bill, any update on the uh, pitcher from the Twins? Um, no, but I found another bust reliever that Dombrowski traded for, mm-hmm. Addison Reed, who was supposed to get top money, and where is he now? Yeah, Dombrowski was one of those guys where it was kind of like, who's out there? What, what do they want? All right, we'll go give him whatever they want and bring him in. And most of the time, they didn't work out. Most of the time, it did, but he just kept on doing it over and over. So he's probably at like a 50-50 track record with his trades now. All right, uh, heading into our final two topics here. Uh, we reached out last week, and we had a draft of some of the best uh, – sports video games um we got a few responses here and we'll boil them down to the best two we're going to start with nba 2k10 um this is with uh, kobe bryant on the cover this is a revolutionary uh nba 2k because it's the first year of my career a lot of hours were logged on um in this 2k format and also it was big news because it also could have uh, revolutionary back to the basket and shooting mechanics so that was a great NBA 2K. If you look 10 years later into NBA 2K20, uh, people hate that game, but people love NBA 2K10. And the difference 2K12 between that, is better. Well, pe- the difference between that is that uh, they don't favor the online servers as much. So that's good. Yeah. I, 2K10 was okay. 2K11 was good. And then I think 2K12 was like the pinnacle of the 2K games. Hmm. 2K12 was like – it was the one with the MJ on the cover. Yep. And that was when my career really, really took off and it actually started being able – like, because 2K10, like, my career was fun, but it was, like, the mechanics weren't there yet and it was difficult to play as one player and it was it, – it was all right. 2K12, they finally honed it. And I just remember, like, it was unreal. Once you got your guy over 90 overall, you were just ridiculous. You're, yeah, <laughs> you were ridiculous. All right, leading into the second video game that um, a listener uh, DM'd us was Lego Racers. Now, on a personal uh, note, I had Lego Racers. It was a great game, but man, did it do a number on my computer. It, uh, I, I had to delete it because my computer was borderline combusting into flames every single time I booted it up. But it was a great game, not only because it was uh, racing, and I love racing games, it was also because you could build your car with virtual Lego bricks. So you could literally build together the most preposterous looking vehicle and just whip around the track. Um, I might go as far to say that it was bigger, better than Mario Kart uh, during that time, at least, because you could just build some preposterous looking vehicles and have some crazy looking guys driving it, too. Cole, my, my question is, mm. did the wind and air resistance have any effect on the cars, how you built it? Oh, definitely not. It did not have any effect on it. So it was great. You could basically go uh, drive around the Empire State Building on wheels and awesome. uh, That's what I win a race. Know. So that was good. I was going to say you could make like either a Mad Max truck or you could make like the Krabby Patty sandwich car. <laughs> and I think one of those two would have been fantastic additions. Yeah. I unfortunately did get to play this game. I was a huge Mario Kart on Wii Guy. Yeah. So um, we could talk about that all day long, but uh, let's stick, stick, stick with some sports. All right. Uh, our last topic here is bringing it back. We're going to get into a role player from the past that you want on the current team. So the current teams we're going to be uh, curtailing to are the Celtics, Patriots, and Red Sox. Uh, who wants to start off here? 
You went last last week, so why don't you go? All right, sure. I will go first. So, I would bring back Eddie House for the Celtics. They should never have traded him. Horrible, horrible trade. Um, Second of all, I think he'd fit well with the current Celtics team considering the NBA is so three-point driven. He's clutch. He's a team player and great attitude. Uh, Eddie House all the way. All right, my first pick for the Celtics is going to be primetime Tony Allen. I think a great perimeter defender is always um, uh, someone you can really make use of. And I think Tony Allen on the Celtics, he was a special player in my eyes, a role player. All righty. All right, my pick for the Celtics, Kendrick Perkins. Because I think that the thing that this team is missing, because outside of Marcus Smart, there's no attitude. There's nobody there that's really like the heart and soul of the team. I mean, you got you got Smart, but I think you pair him with Perkins. You have both of those guys on the court at the same time. And I think that Perk, like young Perk, like athletic Perk, brings a lot of rebounding and a lot of edge down low that you don't have on the Celtics team. And you haven't had in a long time. Pick and so roll Perk, Perk baby. Yeah, he would, fit, he would fit well with these guys. I think he played awesome with Tatum. Um, cause he, he kind of let Tatum kind of space the floor out cause he'll grab as many boards as possible. Um, are we snake drafting or are we yeah, going d- back to the top? Yeah, snake. Yep. Snake drafting. All right. We're going to the Pats. Mm-hmm. All right. So I went area of need with the Pats. And I think that the spot where like the Pats are still thin is wide receiver. Cause you've got Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and then it's kind of like, what else do you have? So mm-hmm. I went role player wise, Dion Branch. Ooh. I think that Dion Branch is one of those guys that like, Never never was, like, the best receiver on the team. Never overwhelmed. But, like, as, like, a third receiver, he was always solid. He'd get his 600, 700 yards, his five touchdowns, and he just he was just there. Uh, this one's so tough for me because I have three big areas of need for the Patriots right now. So I'm going to name them off, but I'm going to pick one. So my overall pick is going to be – I'm going to pick um, – <clears throat> sorry, Wes Walker. Uh, we need someone else out there in the wide receivers to help either Stidham or give Cam Newton a second receiver to get his um, attitude back up. The other two people I would have picked were um, Michael Ho'o Manawanui because uh, we need some, some tight end play. We need some blocking. Oh, geez. And then uh, Kevin Falk in the run game. Oh, I like that. Kevin Falk was the ultimate team player. He, he was decisive. Um, and, and I, miss, I miss a running back like that on our team. So some thoughts for me. All right. For my position, I'm going to go kicker. And I want Adam Vinatieri back in the Pats uniform. <laughs> right now, we uh, don't have a pretty – we don't have a kicker right now. I will take Vinatieri over Gostowski every day and twice on Sunday because I don't think Gostowski ever hit a big kick for us. It was always choking and making our lives worse. Yes, he was a fantastic regular season kicker, and he's our all-time point scorer, but he never really came through for us where Vinatieri, ultimate clutch gene. All right, uh, getting into my pick for the Red Sox. Uh, it's an easy pick for me. This guy was a grit and, guy, uh, grit and grind guy. He really stuck his nose into the batter's box. He was great on the field and great off the field too, and that is Julio Lugo. Oh, that's so gross. I, I want to throw up. <laughs> I want to – Oh, my God. Throw up. No, no, no. That's a joke. I'm going to get serious now and say um, Pokey Reese. Oh, come on. That was out of mine. <laughs> I want Pokey Reese back in the Red Sox uniform just for the flair of it, you know? I like that a lot, actually. Um, so I got two guys. First, Mike Lowell, the Love ultimate. He, honestly, 
he could have been MVP. Easily could have been MVP uh, a couple times. Uh, and then in addition, we're going to go with Bill Miller. I guess I'm on the third base today. Too. Wow. Bill Miller, huge help to the 2004 Sox. Taylor, before we get into you, can I just say one thing for pitching? Yeah. Uh, can I get Bronson Arroyo? That's a good one. I with like the that. cornrows? <laughs> yes, he only he with the cornrows. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying he has to also be playing uh, dirty water after the game. And he also, or uh, Papelbon too, doing the Irish jig on top of the uh, duck boat. Great. <laughs> I love Papelbon, honestly. Yeah, he's the Papelbon worst. actually could be my pick. See, I have a lot. So like, I look at it and I think I have an unpopular one. Uh, John Lackey, because I think towards the end of his contract, he, like, redeemed himself. And I thought – I think that in this rotation, he'd be awesome because you need somebody who can eat innings. Like, as a third starter behind Erod and Sale when they're healthy, he would have been awesome. He did, the, he did that He did that behind Lester and Beckett, and I think he could do it again. Um, Lackey was good. Yeah, I'm trying to think who my final pick's going to be. Second base I was looking at, but I can't – he stole Pokey Reese, so I don't really have anybody there any, anymore. Um, just say Mark Bellhorn if you want. Mark Bellhorn, yeah. Uh, Josh Rutledge. That's tough, man. I mean, Papelbon is like Papelbon's a tough one because I think that Papelbon on this, on this Stephen Drew's brutal. I hate Stephen Drew, but Papelbon on this team would cause so many problems because everybody would just hate him. Like he 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 would not fit in well with this team at all. Um, boy, this is tough. Alex Cora, you could have him. So you know what? Alex Cora, he would be a great guy to have on the team right now. He actually would be. It'd be nice if he could manage, but uh, Taylor, if you're still thinking about it, I, I I came up with the twins pitcher that we traded for. That was an absolute Yeah, tell me that so I can buy some time. Fernando Abad. That's who it was. I knew it. He did wear a flat hat. He, was he, used, so... to, he used to point at the sky all the time and everybody would laugh because it's just because he's given up a million home runs. He was awful. Hmm. We paid I don't know what we paid for him, but it was too much. Way too much. It, he was like nothing, a, and it was still too much. It was a one-hit wonder who had like slightly above average saves in the league that year. Um, did he? He lasted what half a year? Barely. I don't. I mean, on an think, expiring think, contract. Yeah, he was awful. I'm go, I'm going with nobody I've mentioned so far. To starter, I want Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe in his like good seasons for the Red Sox was filthy. So good. He had a couple Another. years with like a sub three ERA. It was great. Oh, he he had guts. Came through 2003, 2004. Great, great addition to the rotation. Couldn't have done it without him. Alrighty. Anybody got any honorable mentions? No, I was just doing that as a joke. No, I, I think Lowe is a great guy. He's a good pitcher. Good choice. I think we can John wrap Lester. It up. John Lester is always a, a good pick. Yeah, for me, that's at least. a good one. I was trying to go role player though, because I was trying, like, you don't want to go big name, because you go big name and it's kind of like. It's a cop-out because I, I could have been like 99 Pedro and then it's like, oh, well, who would have been better? But That's fair. 2007 Kurt Schilling. <laughs> I almost went Keith Polk for a second. Keith Polk's a good one. Good old guy to have on the back end of the bullpen instead of Brandon Workman right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Thus concludes this episode of BCT Sports Podcast brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with some more relevant sports knowledge as things starting to get a little bit more traction. Um, We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us.